Good evening, everybody. This is a Tomorrow Christian Today, reading 1 Thessalonians 4 in the NLT. But first and always, we must pray. Dear Lord, we ask you to please bring your spirit to us. We pray from the safety of being in Christ, who has forgiven our sins and made us sinless before you. We thank you for your son. We thank you for being such a wonderful father that you have provided salvation to us even though we were sinners. We mistrusted you and worked against you. And while we were yet sinners, you died for us, Lord, that we might be, we might live free. Help us to live free, help us to laugh free, and help us always to live, Lord, as your disciples and followers, and to have the truth and never to surrender to pride or narcissism, but to be meek and humble and to be teachable and malleable and approachable. At the same time, help us to have the proper boundaries. Help us to walk the fine line, Lord, between freedom and lawfulness. And help us now as we read this chapter. It's very important, very meaningful to me. And help me to be able to exposit it right, rightly. But most of all, I read it and leave it with the people who might be listening. In the name of Christ, amen. It says, live to please God. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. You live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more, for you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Never harm or treat a Christian brother in this matter by violating his wife, for the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Okay, so this kind of sin, this sexual sin, this is hard and this is really, you know, this has really bad consequences and God doesn't want this for our lives. And we have to endure temptation and this society bombs us with this. It's on the internet, uh, there are industries all devoted to this, and it kind of hits us at a weak spot, you know what I mean? Because we're very, we're sexual creatures. And sort of all these pictures and images that are on the internet, it hits us at a weak point. Especially, you know, if you're by yourself, you're tired, you're lonely, you know, this, the devil hits you when you're low, he hits you when you're tired, he hits you when you're at weakest, because he is a scumbag. But God wants to be your shield and he wants to live in you and he wants to give you that power to resist. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other for God himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Make it your goal to live a quiet life reminding your own business and working with your hands just as we instructed you before then people who are not Christians will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others. So we are trying to show people who Christ is by who we are. They don't really care about our the theology. They want to see our actions. That makes sense. And now I think this, the hope of the resurrection, I think it's a really powerful bunch of verses for me. Um, you know, the entire Bible is the word of God, but this is really powerful. Because, you know, my mother died, you know, she had a, a battle with, you know, cancer. And we prayed and she got better and then she went worse. She got worse and 
Um, the treatments didn't help her. It made her weak. She couldn't eat, and she went down and down. And then finally, she slipped into unconsciousness. And we had to give her um, drugs for palliative care. And my brother was like a juggernaut. He was a rock of Gibraltar. My dad and I were kind of messed up. We didn't have a clue what was going on. My brother just took charge, and he's a he's an alpha male big tall guy alpha male or sigma male knew exactly what to do know how to coordinate things he really helped but he really went to bat for his mother and i'm sure when she sees him in re in eternity we're going to tell her we're going to sing the ballad of my brother and she's going to laugh and he's going to laugh too and the lord will laugh with us but we didn't win this battle my mother was 72 years old and i just remember taking the bible to the hospital and it was just really I didn't know how to read it. I didn't know what to read. I, I didn't read the Bible too much. And I wanted to, and I wanted someone to read it to us. And I wanted to read it to my mom. I just never could crack it open. I didn't know where to crack it open. I didn't know what to do. Um, my brother would say, why are you bringing that Bible to, to um, the hospital? It's like, I don't know what to do. I, 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 just, I just feel that if I open it and read the right things, it will comfort us, it will help us, it will give us faith. And, um, I, I don't blame God. I just, you know, this is what happened now. And I realized that I will see my mom again and I have a hope. And and, and I also want to say that uh, there's a word in here called Harpazio. I know there is. And John Darby looked at this word and it means a violent snatching away. And he said it's a private snatching away. It's a pre-rapture before the second coming. So the second coming of Revelation 1 verse 7 and Revelation 19 verse 15 he says they're different events, or that's what the theory implies, and they have the Left Behind series was written by Tim LaHaye. And I think I think the snatching away part is public. That's my hermeneutic. And I think that the snap this part here, the hermeneutic here, plus Revelation 1 7, plus Revelation 19, verse 15, I think it's all the same event. I think Jesus comes once. And I know people say the church hasn't been mentioned at a certain time and they're not gonna be here when all the temptation occurs. Well, you know what? I cannot prove or disprove this, even though I did not hear this hermeneutic, this opinion growing up. I cannot prove it. I cannot disprove it. To me, it's the weeds. It's not salvational. And I don't need to punch another believer or hurt somebody else or demean somebody else who has a different opinion than me. I just think there's just too many questions to be asked. Um, there could be a, a pre-rapture for sure. And if there is one, how do you know you, you're in it? How do you know? Maybe you missed. Like, I think I said this all before, so I'm not going to rehash and uh, regurgitate what I said. But how do you know if, if it did happen, the government was aware of a bunch of people disappearing off the face of the earth? You think they're going to tell you? I mean, we're all struggling with fake news, real news. Who's telling the truth? Who's just telling their bias? If, if it really did happen, you think the government would say, hey, I want to let this out. I want to let people panic. There would be a mass panic. There's no way that that's going to ever be broadcast, should it ever have happened. And it could have happened. It could have happened. But in any case, if it did happen, um, that should I just give up and not even try to be a Christian anymore? Obviously, God doesn't want me. I'm not going to do that. That's what the devil wants. The devil wants you to believe that God doesn't care about you at all. God cares about you. This is the age of grace. And there's a verse in the Bible that says, Let him who is holy be holy still. Let him who is filthy be filthy still. I don't know when that line comes from the world for the world, and I don't know when that line comes from every person. But if I'm still here and I'm still reading the Bible, it doesn't mean that line has passed for me. And I think that really the, the rapture theory 
makes people say, okay, I can be complacent. I'm not going to study my Bible. And then when I see a bunch of people disappear, then I'm going to get serious just in case I don't. You know, my friends, God never reveals himself to people who are not studying. God reveals himself to people who are. Okay, the, the, the Israel or whatever was full of, or, or, or Judah was full of um, scholars, Pharisees and Sadducees. And God revealed himself to the wise men, to the magi, to the astrologers coming from somewhere else who were looking at stars and astrology and stuff like that. So I don't really understand that, but they figured out that that star meant somebody's going to be born. They were studying. And I heard those guys actually came from some school that Daniel started way back in Babylon. That's what I heard. Can't prove it. God's not going to reveal himself to you if you don't want to study and you don't care. God loves everybody and he'll try to reach everybody. But honestly, if you don't want to spend time with God, he ain't going to chase after you. The prodigal son, he was allowed to leave. The father never chased him, never sent him emails, never called him up every day, never never did anything. Just let him go and, and let the boy figure out that his life was on a downward spiral. And that kid came back all on his own. He figured out on his own that without his father, he was absolutely going nowhere in life crack open the Bible. That's what we're doing. I'm, I know I'm lecturing you. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be. I don't want to, but you know what? That's why we read the Bible. Let the words drop into your ears and into your consciousness and into your mind and let the Holy Spirit motivate you. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. So my friend said they're coming from heaven and they're going to be reunited with their bodies. And some people say that, okay, God's going to bring them back. He's going to raise them on that day. I don't know. I can't, I can't figure it out from this statement. It's a, it's a little ambiguous to me. Read it for yourself. Pray about it and ask the Lord which way he thinks you should swing. But still, re, re, respect other people who see this in a different way. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. Wow. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. The God-fearers, the God-believers, the people who God judges to be those people. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Paul says what he says. The Holy Spirit says what he says. God says what he says. He gives us a little wiggle room for our versatility. But at the end of the day, it says to encourage each other, not bash each other. God bless.